0: hi everybody welcome to the epic podcast it's me Edric, again and as you can see we are doing face to face so thank goodness we are back and uh i've got here rebecca kane who is the founder of the company by the name of evexia who is very much about mental fitness so first off you know rebecca thanks for joining us uh, and graciously taking time out to do this uh, and having this chat now evexia did i get that right
1: Yes, so it's Avexia Collective. Um, the name actually comes from Greek. So Avexia means well-being in Greek. Um, and we wanted a name that wasn't too kind of mental healthy on, on the surface so that it didn't put people off and make people think of negative sides of mental health. Because often when you talk about mental health, people go, oh, I if I don't suffer from a mental health issue, therefore this thing isn't for me and, and I shouldn't engage with it. Right. And actually we're trying to be more proactive and positive about mental health because ultimately we all have minds right so we all have mental health sometimes it's really great sometimes it's not so great and we should all be learning to look after our brains and our mental health all the time so we're trying to talk about mental health in a much more positive way and so we didn't want something that sounded too kind of negative or scary um and so we sort of chose a name that was a little bit sort of mysterious for that reason. I also just think it sounds really cool, Avexia. Yeah, it is. Right? It
0: is. It's almost uh it's almost like uh one of those uh, space exploring video games, <laughs> if you if you want to call it that. Um but this whole thing about mental fitness, right? Now, uh I, I remember when we briefly talked about it uh previously when we first met. I and, and uh funny story for whoever's been uh, uh listening so far you'd probably hear that uh, about the time that I got scammed, right? And I talked about that. And um, it just so happens, it brought us good fortune that I got to meet uh, Rebecca at the scam event. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So so it's the strangest thing, right? We got our tickets and everything. And it was in Euros, again, uh, just to recap. Suspicious. (laughs) Very, very suspicious. So please don't get scammed by Euro stuff in Singapore, right? The second thing is, when we got there first thing we went over there asked hey uh does this place have this particular event right over at emerald hill said nope not happening we did not Never have such an, an event yeah. nope and uh eventually we got i i got sick of waiting right so i said okay if if they're not coming i, I went with uh, one of uh, my colleagues kelly as well and then uh we just said okay we're just gonna have a good time whoever comes and we're we're gonna do a networking event of our own and here we are
1: Yeah, we had a great evening in the end. (laughs) I I think I'd come back a couple of times to that venue and asked the same question and was walking around looking a bit lost. And Hedrick sort of said, hi, are you here for this event? (laughs) Um, We're going to have a drink anyway. So, yeah, had a good good fun evening anyway.
0: Yeah, it was. It was. And, uh, you know, when you talked about this, uh, your business, right, how you're setting it up and the whole thing about mental fitness, it, it was very... It was definitely very intriguing because we talk about the gym. You had mentioned, you know, there's a gym for your body. There's a gym for maybe your spirit when you do yoga and things like that. Um, but there's no gym for your brain. Or most of the time or we think, you know, mental gymnastics is like math and science and everything STEM. But yours on the other hand is very different. Could you tell us a bit more?
1: Yeah, so it's exactly that premise, right? There's a gym, we work out our body, we look after our body in other ways. You know, we go to the doctor or I've actually just been to the dentist this morning. You know, mm-hmm. we're we're checking up, we're keeping an eye on our physical health, but we just don't do the same for our minds and our brain health um, until it gets really bad. And it's only when we're really suffering or, you know, there's a particular incidence and we and we really struggle with our mental health, do we actually pay any attention to it? And arguably, that's a bit late. You know, it's not too late. You can get better. Um, but it's much, much harder work. Whereas if we were just looking after our brains and our minds and how we're feeling on a more regular basis, more proactively and preventatively, we'd never get to that point of crisis or, or sort of burnout or or whatever it might be um and ultimately we just feel happier and better and we're going to be better at all aspects of life whether that's personal or professional you know we're going to be a better friend a better parent a better colleague a better employee um these are all things that i think we all want to have and and be but we don't actually give ourselves a chance to do that and so that's really where the concept of the business came about is mm. yes this gym concept this mental mind gym idea um and that's kind of evolved since into sort of what we do for Avexia Collective.
0: Right. And uh, I, I noticed, I mean, you did a beta test on the app. So for those who are very interested, I'm going to leave the QR code on the screen afterwards as well as a link uh, in the description. Try it out, give your feedback as well. Um, the way that it came about, right, if you've used, I mean, I've, I've tested the app out. It's almost like a, a friend to remind you uh, about what's important, how you're feeling, and just getting a gauge of what you're doing. And what I thought was really cool is in even in a corporate setting, we're looking at not just the mental side of things, but the physical side. And physical by by physical, I, it also means your um, your hormones, your sexual energy, and things like that. So it covers three hundred and sixty mm-hmm. of everything. I mean, um, what led you down this particular rabbit hole, though?
1: Um, so I guess. What started me on this journey was I worked in investment banking in London for eight years, a traditionally very high-stress industry, and you know, shock horror, I suffered from stress myself. And when I kind of got myself into a better place, and I looked around me, I could see every single one of my colleagues who are incredibly intelligent, hardworking, motivated, driven people, all exhibiting signs of stress and and various kind of symptoms related to that. And I just thought, why on earth are we not doing something about this? So um, along with a colleague, I founded a Mental Health Network, which kind of acted like an internal organisation to the wider organisation. So sort of acted like a start-up. And we were focused on improving awareness for mental health issues and support for employees. And it actually became a really big part of that corporate culture and significantly changed the culture. It really gave people... Uh, different avenues to learn about their minds to take steps to improve it and we were able to provide more support for employees. Um, As part of that I started doing public speaking in London around mental health in in banking and various different engagements like that. I happened to sort of separately leave in 2020 to do an MBA which was something I'd always wanted to do and on graduating from that MBA when I was thinking right what do I want to do now? Do I want to go back into finance? Do I want to do something else? it just kind of seemed obvious what I needed to do. And that was to start my own business. It's something that I'd always been interested in. And it was obvious what I wanted to start that business in because this was a personal passion of mine. Um, Whilst I hadn't sort of worked in that industry directly, I had working experience in delivering solutions for corporates. And I could see from that side some of the gaps and some of the the issues that weren't being addressed. That, you know, when I was working in the bank and, and working with providers... The stuff that wasn't being delivered or needs that weren't being met. So, um, so yeah, I started Avexia Collective, and you know we're, we're coming up to a year old at the moment, and that journey is you know taken us down many interesting ways. The idea has evolved and matured as we progress, and I'm sure it will continue to do so as we you know test hypotheses out with customers and corporate customers and individual customers. One of the things I wanted to touch on that you kind of mentioned there is. There are these physical aspects of mental health as well as the, the mental aspects. Mm-hmm. And we talk about mental and physical as these separate things. And I know I did the same a moment ago when I was talking about, um, you know, physical gyms versus mental gyms, etc. But ultimately, they're not separate. They're so interlinked. The more and more you look into this, um, I think it's absolutely fascinating. The more you learn there's this really... Uh, deep connection between that physical and mental so we know that physical health issues for example can often result in mental health issues you know if you're ill for a very long period of time or something happens to you major physically quite often that can result in you feeling low or depression anxiety health anxiety etc but it's fascinating to know that um, mental health issues often lead to physical health issues as well. And a lot of the physical ailments we get on a day-to-day basis, be it migraines, um, musculoskeletal issues, um, sometimes even heart issues, et cetera, actually the root causes mental health or stress. So the spend in Singapore alone, you know, but also globally of health issues that actually the root cause ends up being stress, even though it's maybe demonstrating itself physically is absolutely huge. And it's a massive burden to medical f- sort of facilities in the environment here and globally. And it's something that we don't address the root cause enough. We go, oh, there's a physical symptom. Let's fix that physical symptom. We don't really get to the underlying cause, and so those things go on to to continue to be issues for people.
0: Mm, okay. And and all this research. How long? Basically, what I would like to get is with with all this research that's going around and all the information that you're able to collect um, how has that contributed to developing the app in itself
1: so our kind of ethos is um, scientific not spiritual that's because there are loads of as you mentioned earlier loads of brilliant kind of spiritual solutions out there things for the soul you know there's lots of yoga and meditations and things like that they're brilliant and we're not trying to take that away or, or, or compete with that what we're trying to do is design a solution that works for people that maybe don't like that stuff um and and that's kind of where it works for us working with corporates um where perhaps somebody feels a little bit more logic or data driven rather mm. than heart soul mind driven um and So that's kind of how we've developed our solution. And that's where a lot of the scientific research does go into it. Uh, We have a brilliant board of advisors with um, medical and scientific advisors, um, a neuroscientist, researcher, and psychiatrist, et cetera, um, who help advise us on the science side. Um, They're heavily involved in guiding our solutions and helping develop those solutions so that they are medically and scientifically backed. um, And yeah I mean the the whole app is really driven by science and by data Um, so we can understand I guess just give a bit more of an introduction to the app the app helps you to measure your mental fitness and then it shows you your own data back at you um, with sort of a dashboard so you can start to see your score or the breakdown of score what that means for you and how that score changes over time so by seeing your own data um, it helps you understand your mind a little bit, bit better it helps to see Uh, what your triggers might be whether that's personal or professional and how you react to different scenarios and then we can help improve your mental fitness better and it's really personal so you talked about it being a bit more like a friend that kind of reminds Mm. you these things that's because we've designed it to be really personal and to be based on individual profiles and and how their brain works and then to make recommendations on based on their profile um and so it kind of really it's that data that science kind of angle that we've built the whole design of the app on
0: right and um for those who are actually looking to start businesses right uh, especially in the the tech side of things now you don't have yeah i remember we talked uh, talked about this you don't have a background in tech and you were able to bring the team together and also still lead that vision now my question is why are we or at least why is the collective going to moving toward um targeting corporate as compared to the regular consumer when it comes to all these uh, wellness apps?
1: It's a really good question. So um, my experience is in the corporate space. So I think there's one angle there. Um, Secondly, there is still a big stigma in Singapore and across Asia around mental health. Um, So that's a barrier we have to come up against. And because the way that our Business is designed as it's more around that positive upside of mental health, i.e. trying to improve your brain, trying to feel better, more focused, more creative, more, you know, better team worker, a better team leader, all these all these things. We felt that working with businesses with that angle would help circumvent some of the negatives. We're not talking about trying to recover from pathology or mental health issues. Mm -hmm. We're talking about we all have brains. Let's all try and improve our brains and and be better employees but also better family members better parents etc better friends um so we felt that that angle working with businesses would really help us um and yeah like i say it's my personal experience it's also where there's a big problem right mm. um we hear a lot today around uh, quiet quitting um or actual quitting right you know the the job market has never been so sort of turbulent and people are looking for more from their work than just a paycheck at the end of the day um, and businesses are, are desperately searching for solutions on what mm. to give their employees that actually works and makes their life better as an employee but also makes the business's life better and i think we have a solution to that right it's about providing additional support for employees mm. but also giving the business that visibility over how their employees are doing at an aggregate level so nothing that you know can drill down to an individual level nothing personally identifiable but the business can say, "How are my teams doing, and where do the where do some teams need a bit more support over others during different times? You know, month end, uh, the finance team might need a little bit more mm. support, et etc. Um, and how can I, as a business, recognise when my employees need that support and give them the support that works for them? And that's the solution that we are giving to a corporate um, at the same time as giving employees something that they enjoy and that helps them to feel better on a day to day basis."
0: Mm. It's very interesting. Um, You know, with the work that we do in the leadership development space as well, um, a big part of it is understanding every individual, you know, uh, uh, within our teams, right? So the app is able to do that. And I realized that one of the things that is in there uh, comes across as things like your age group, your gender as well. Um, So in this case, of course, biologically speaking, it's the male and the female side of things. Now, when it comes to mental... Uh, wellness I'd love to tap into the research for this has there been big differences in the stressors for males and females and is that does that actually um uh uh, I would say contribute to how the data is being uh interpreted as well or analyzed
1: so I I can't talk so much about the different stressors um one I'm sure there is a huge amount of research out there right um it's not sort of I unfortunately haven't read it all. Um, But one piece of... One sort of area of research that I do know um, is quite prevalent is more about the way that issues kind of show up in different genders. So uh, quite often men will hide mental health issues a lot Mm. more. And so rates of things like um, unhealthy coping mechanisms, so alcohol... Um, sort of other drugs Mm,
0: uh things like that keep going (laughs) all those types of things
1: uh, that tends to be generally speaking from a mental health perspective Mm. men tend to to go towards those coping mechanisms right Um, and then suicide rates are generally very high among men and this is related to to the fact that men will Perhaps that sort of toxic masculinity thing, right? Where mm. men feel like they can't express or share their worries or concerns or emotions and they bottle it up, bottle it up, bottle it up until it has to come out in some way, shape, or form, whether that's a, a negative coping mechanism or potentially getting to the point of feeling suicidal. Right. Uh, women perhaps tend to exhibit more things like anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anxiety being that kind of more of a panic disorder or, or something along those lines. So, there are general differences in how genders exhibit Mm -hmm. mental health issues um obviously this is a massive generalization there's plenty of situations that that, that prove to be the other way around um but i'm aware of a lot more research around that side of things i i am not as conscious off the top of my head on research around what stresses Mm -hmm. there are but i'm sure there are some differences um it'd be interesting to look into definitely
0: yeah because I, i was also thinking because it's in our dna it could be very different the way that you manage or cope with stress, as what you mentioned, would be very different from myself. You know, um, I mean, speaking from experience, alcohol's a not the healthiest of options, but it's it's an option, right? Yeah. Uh, And the reason, I mean, if if you listen to people like Jordan Peterson and all that, they talk about it, right? Um, About how alcohol is a form of escape, you know, it's inebriation so that you don't feel that pain or you don't feel, you just escape for that moment. So, all these coping mechanisms is really about um, escapism, if you wanted to call it that. Uh, And the other part of it, I mean, just to talk a little bit about this, was uh, men in general, I really do think, is that no man wants to be seen as weak. Mm -hmm. So, you can't be seen hurting. There's this whole thing as you need to show that you're vulnerable, but in, you know, as a human being, at the same time you can't show that you're hurting either, because hurt would be a sign of weakness. But yet, so it kind of becomes this whole um, triangulation of of, sort of, of paradox, yeah. yeah,
1: and you ultimately, I think, sometimes you can't really show vulnerability without showing some sort of pain, right? And and it becomes very difficult to separate the two and to be able to. To do that, I think the topic of vulnerability, particularly in leadership and business, is absolutely fascinating. Mm. Um, is It's really important to be an empathetic leader. You do need to be able to exhibit that vulnerability. But if you're feeling that you also can't express any form of hurt or weakness or pain, then that becomes very, very difficult to navigate. Mm. Um, and there are ways of expressing those things in a sort of productive and positive way there are also ways of expressing it negatively, right? Yeah. If you're going around the whole time talking about how victimized you feel yeah. in some, in sort of all situations, that's not going to be great leadership either. So it is a very fine balance and it can become really difficult to tread that. And I think that's for men and women. Mm-hmm. I think the flip side is women can sometimes have their emotions or vulnerability dismissed because people go, oh, they're just being emotional. Um, but actually that's not necessarily the case sometimes Mm. that that ability to show that vulnerability in a work context is incredibly powerful right because it allows other people to empathize and sympathize and and connect with you on a different Mm. level and it builds trust and so as a leader to have that trust makes a big difference in how you run your organization so and easily it can cross over to too much so it's a very fine line and i think it's an absolutely fascinating Area which I'm sure for you guys from a leadership perspective yeah. have it's, a lot it's, more. It's experience. human dynamics,
0: human behavior, right? So, uh, when we look into all of that, it's it's really about you know that individual leader. Everybody's leadership style is different. Every I mean, let's not even talk about business leaders. Just in the home with your spouse, with your partner, even with your dog or your cat, whatever you know. Whether you're the alpha or not, uh, how you take care of things, how you you address these things you know um i i am trying to be a bit more of a proponent of stoicism Mm -hmm. uh, so that you we can actually take a step back and really look at the matter as what it is Um, but again it doesn't mean that you don't feel the emotion you just have to be able to address it accordingly and then deal with the matter so that's why you don't show pain you Mm -hmm. don't show so-called that weakness, but yet you're still vulnerable by talking about it first, being able to mention, yes, this is hurtful, this is, but it is what it is. Mm -hmm. So the matter that we're talking about right now is this, this is how we can deal with it. Let's move on. Yeah. Right. But to some people, it may not come across as stoic. It may come across as, damn, you're cold.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would say even being able to recognize that there is an issue and to express that is or that that's 90% of the battle right mm-hmm. how you react to that whether that's an emotional reaction or whether that is more stoic is is a down to individual personality but being able to say oh yes this situation either hurts me or i found difficult actually expressing that particularly in a family context to say children is really important whereas some people might see stoicism as never even expressing it and just pretending you're just getting on with life and you know taking it on the chin i think it's a very british phrase oh yes, yes. um uh, sort of stiff upper lip as well another yeah. one uh, and and that's where it becomes negative was you can you're completely right you can be stoic while still having a healthy coping mechanism which is still expressing oh that was a difficult thing for me or or i you know feel hurt by that situation but this is what it means to me and how i'm going to deal with it and take sort of being positive and learning from something rather than just brushing it aside or ignoring it or not taking that opportunity to express it. I think it's a powerful way of coping. with It
0: It, it definitely is. Um, it helps to compartmentalize a lot. I love um, that old video of how men and women think, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, that men are able to have all the boxes, you know, but women on the other they have one big box. So,
1: so I, my sister said this to me once, and I, I think it's a very similar concept and, um, it really resonates with me men's brains are like waffles where you've got you go down one line you have a decision you make a decision you turn and you go the delicious <laughs> um, but then you you turn and then you've made that decision you move on to the next bit women's brains are like spaghetti where Everything's interconnected and, yeah. and um, you say compartmentalized, right? Mm-hmm. It, I think it's a, quite a male trait in general. Uh, women tend to struggle with compartmentalizing a little mm. bit more. Uh, but yeah, your, women's brains are like spaghetti. Every kind of thought pattern has so many different interconnecting questions and decisions. And then you can go down this thought pattern and it ends up back in a loop again. Um, It always just makes me laugh, that kind of visual imagery, but it's exactly the same kind of concept. It's true,
0: it's true. And I I love that because it kind of makes me think as well, um, between men and women, how can we best tap on that? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because, you see, men are able, in in general speaking, right, I'm not saying that everybody's like that, but just um, for discourse, if men are able to compartmentalize and women are able to see everything and everywhere at once, you know, it's like that movie title, right? uh how do you think that men and women can tap on each other f- to to come up with you know proper solutions and actually come to terms with mm-hmm. these things
1: so i think and and i guess this is where sort of there are differences some differences between men and women but like we say like actually it might even just be personality type right, right? and i think this is where from a team perspective we know there's huge amounts of evidence that having teams with mixed styles of communication work styles personality styles are more productive more creative more innovative all of these things that we want right so having a team of all one type of person whether that's a style of thinking a style of communicating whatever it is does not get as far as a team that's got a mixture so men and women different personality types what however we want to phrase it having that mixture and having skills that complement but also are different is only going to be good for a team or, or mm. for a group of people. So, you know, they say like opposites attract in relationships and things. You can quite often see, whilst you might have many similarities or common interests, that having different styles of thinking about things can only bring and enrich your life or your sort of output as a, whether it's a relationship team or a work team it only accentuates what you do by having those differences in style. So I think that's where absolutely sort of men and women and, and different groups and different styles of thinking can complement each other because you need that. So the, the number of times where I've thought, oh, this particular tr- sort of outcome is the only way to do something or, you know, I've had a particular thought and somebody comes along and says, oh, have you thought about doing it like this? And you go, no. Like that hadn't even occurred to me. Right. That enriches me by seeing mm-hmm. a different way of thinking about something. So next time I come across a similar problem, I might be a little bit more open to some different ways. Right. Um, that, that's all that comes about through different styles of thinking and, and communication. It's Yeah, it helps enhance everything.
0: Yeah, the power of diversity, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the important thing is the openness in that. But uh, yeah, I think we're digressing from wellness <laughs> into the communications, but it's all part, of, it's, uh, part it's and parcel of the whole related, thing, right? yeah. Uh, and now I want to throw you a curveball. Oh, dear. Okay. The there's a, There was a recent report that the uber-rich are now paying a lot more money to get away from technology for their wellness. Sure. So, you know, in the world that we live in, uh, do you really think that technology and people can still coexist in the wellness
1: space? It's a really good and important question because we know that technology can contribute to mental health issues mm-hmm. if used a lot um i actually w- was having a conversation with someone the other day um there's a lot of evidence that in children for example that prolonged screen use we know screen use isn't great right but we don't always know why um and it's a lot to do with children when their brains are developing um if they're spending a lot of time on screens that naturally You know, there's only so many hours in a day, right? The more time you spend on screens, the less time you're spending with face-to-face communication, spending time with parents, friends, whoever Mm -hmm. it is, siblings. Um, And children, as their brains are developing, a really core part of child psychology development is recognizing facial expressions, which then helps them to develop empathy and that helps them to communicate better with people. And, you know, it's kind of, they're all building blocks to, to how we develop as we grow. And so by spending time on screens, you're reducing that uh, that time that they spend understanding facial expressions and then building empathy. And that can cause later issues because they haven't had that chance to develop those skills. Right. Um, and really fundamental skills to being able to sort of exist in a, a community. Um, so we we know that's just a, a sort of an example, but we know how extreme use of technology can cause issues. Um, It can sort of short circuit the brain. You know, if you're gaming all the time or you're on your phone, you get these dopamine hits, which make you slightly addicted to it. That's how kind of social media is so addictive as well. Um, And it short circuits the brain because it makes you want to do it more and more and more, but actually it kind of limits your, your brain and your development from that perspective. So yes, we do need to and want to get away from technology in many ways. But at the same time, technology does give us so much. It makes us, um, it gives us so much more information. It gives us access to things at a much quicker rate. um, And it enhances our lives so much. But we need to have that balance. And that's where building a well-being or a mental fitness solution in technology, we've got to strike that balance. Because we don't want to get people even more addicted to their phones. Because that's ultimately not going to help them and that's where some of the resources and solutions that we offer actually are about almost moving away from the phone. Um yes, some of it you have to engage with the phone just to get the information, but you know, we do offer things like walking meditations and and a number of different things and we we encourage that you take a screen break as well. Yeah. So I think there are ways of building in that screen-free or technology-free time within the context of technology. Right. Um the benefit of having something on a mobile app is that it's in your pocket you've got it whenever you want and it becomes that friend that sort of is there for you but it can't become a friend too literally Mm -hmm. um, because then you don't connect with other people Um, and we know that real genuine good quality human connections is a massive part of mental health as well so these tools can improve our lives in many ways but I think it's get getting that balance between making sure we don't spend our whole lives and live our whole life through these tools yep. and sometimes those tools can be reminders for that right. to take a break or to do something different and it's important to kind of strike that balance whilst we you know from a technology firm perspective we want you to use our tool yeah. uh, from a, <laughs> an, a human perspective we want you to also have a break so yeah. it's trying to strike that balance to make sure we're we're giving people actual things that really help their brain right rather than um just trying to get them addicted in, in that social media sense, where actually absolutely. we just want them using it more.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, I, so so, um, technology is a uh, it's neutral, right? It's how you use it. Exactly. Uh, it's the same thing. I think the, the 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 approach you're taking is exactly the same thing as a doctor. Mm-hmm. If you come to me, I'll try and help you out. I'll give you what you need, and I hope I never have to see you again. Right. So the idea in the long, or at least the long game or the long tail game, is that you don't want people to use it anymore because they're so self-sufficient
1: yeah i mean yes and no because the the way that we're completely if someone doesn't need to to think about these things because they've built it into their life so much Mm -hmm. that they don't need the tool to remind them then that that is a win yeah um but the way we're thinking about it is that we're not just trying to get you from you know minus 10 of, of negative mental health to zero which is what a lot of mental health tools and solutions are about right they're just trying to get you back to neutral we're trying to get you up to plus 10 and keep you there Ah. and that requires regular practice right right? in the same way that you know if you're trying to lift really heavy weights if you don't continue to practice and and to train you're going to lose that ability same with the brain the brain is kind of our how we're feeling is moving around all the time Mm. and if you don't keep an eye and and look after that it, it will move yeah. down towards negative at stressful periods yeah. of life so we want you to regularly engage with these exercises and activities um, and we offer a number of different solutions for different people right. that, that work in that way some of them are about disengaging from tech some are about engaging with tech in a different way um, ideally if someone can build these into their life so naturally that they actually don't need that reminder or that tool to work with on it and they start using these things on a regular basis so that they're keeping their their mind and their mental fitness in that really positive space all the time then that's great absolutely you know you don't need to use the tool anymore the problem is is that we don't tend to do that we yeah. don't tend to um remember to do these things in especially when life gets busy right yeah. and that's where the tool can be really yeah. helpful to act as that kind of little right pal it, that's yeah. nudging you to go yeah, hey right. did you did you check in today did you think about how you're feeling and and doing and did you maybe do a little breathing exercise or or something to help
0: right 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 it's like going for rehab and then after that getting a personal trainer or a yeah.
1: coach yeah yeah is that it's that kind of coaching personal training right. aspect of mental fitness um, that that we we're, we're working on we're trying to keep you in that positive space we're not about treating mental health issues Um, because you do need medical intervention in that instance you know if you have a mental health issue you need to speak to your doctor and there are you know so many different ways of treating it um, out there and we're not trying to change that Mm. we're trying to stop people getting to that point where they need to go see a doctor um, and work with people to regularly and consistently improve their brain and mind health.
0: Right, right. You mentioned earlier on walking meditation. Now, mm-hmm. how does somebody walk and meditate? I mean, to me, that was spacing out. <laughs> but it's not the same thing, is it?
1: No, so um, we've actually developed as, as part of our organization um, some really active walking meditations, which we offer here in Singapore. They're on ClassPass or can be booked directly through us. Um, and they're actually also delivered through the app as well, through sort of audio uh, things where you can plug your headphones in and go for a walk and and um, listen along and, and do the activities they're not like traditional meditations when you think of going into a room and emptying your mind and sitting sort of in silence they're not like that they're very active and engaging where we give you little mental exercises um, as you walk around to get your brain into that same meditative state um, to really relax you and to start to kind of engage different parts of the brain to kind of um, practice different how, skills. How does that
0: work? Like, like, uh, of course, don't do it now because everybody's going to like zone out. But <laughs> like, what are the questions that would be asked if let's say, for example, somebody needed it right now?
1: So I did a meditation for a client yesterday. It was about focus. Okay. Um, and we do um, specific exercises about the five senses where we we're walking along and I'll ask you to try and disengage your other senses, but to just use your ears and just listen to the nature around you and the sounds that you can hear. And as we walk around, I'll I'll ask you questions such as, you know, are there any sounds that surprise you? Are there any sounds that um, bring back a memory? Are there any sounds that you wouldn't normally give yourself a chance to listen to that you might sort of block out? And, and I'll just ask questions that get you kind of thinking and, and engaging your brain you're not kind of blanking it out but you're focusing on a particular thing mm-hmm. and you're seeing how that makes you feel and you're engaging with that that's one example we do a number of different um mental activities right. like that um but I, I call it it's like an active meditation right. it's not I about see. um switching off or zoning out right. it's about taking time you use a lot of mindfulness techniques mm-hmm. right taking time to be present in that moment right then and there not thinking about what you're doing before or what you're doing next which we spend so much of our time sort of subconsciously thinking about but it's just about engaging in that present moment and actively thinking about that present moment in different ways
0: and what does that do to an individual because uh i i don't know how other people see it but i i understand how it goes but in your professional opinion what does it do for somebody
1: um I mean I am not a psychiatrist so or psychologist so I I can't say from, from that a, angle but I'm you're a
0: professional meditation and
1: <laughs> I am a med- meditation practitioner absolutely <laughs> um what it does is it it helps us reduce stress um so a lot of these techniques there's a stress hormone co- called cortisol that sort of runs through the body when we're stressed um and it help, it's a great hormone it helps us focus it helps us deliver what we need to deliver um keeps us alert and all these great things but when we are in chronic stress we never allow that that hormone to kind of decrease in our body and to allow ourselves to relax and and that's where chronic stress becomes a problem and it's that kind of feeling of always being on and being a bit agitated not being able to relax doing some of these techniques starts to get that that hormone to kind of go down and to relax into the moment so that we are able to take a breather allow our mind to just unwind and allow our body to unwind as well and it's more effective in many ways than just saying empty your mind and or just go and relax because when you're in that agitated state you can't yeah it's just not possible to just switch it off Mm -hmm. you'll you'll be thinking oh god i've got to go pick up the kids later and i've got to go oh what am i making for dinner and what what do i need to do or you know i haven't delivered that project oh that deadline I'm whatever it is your brain is just wearing all the time this allows you to distract that part of your brain, that kind of logical sort of executive system that, that runs your brain. It allows you to distract it and to engage a part of your brain that is more about slightly kind of mind wandering and daydreaming and things like that, which helps you relax and brings about a sense of calm and, and de stresses you. Um and it allows you to do that in a way that, that works for people that maybe find it harder otherwise. Um so yeah, that that's kind of the main thing. And we also practice different techniques that might help practice your focus or practice um, re-energizing yourself and how you can create energy and motivation and passion in in your sort of day-to-day life, um, as well as that de-stressing and that calmness.
0: Right. And uh, for, you know, uh, because I love freebies, and I would love to share them with others as well, um, there are a couple of things in your app that will help in terms of the mindfulness exercises and the wellness exercises to check to check in with yourself. uh, Could you share a couple of them so that uh, whoever walks away listening to this can definitely use it uh, daily?
1: So there's a really simple one, which I love to tell people, which comes from um, the study of positive psychology, which is called um, sort of daily gratitude. And you can do it every day. You can do it when you wake up or you can do it, it's particularly powerful when you go to sleep. And I think that's where a lot of the research has been done. where every day you think about three things that you are grateful for. So let's say you do it before you go to sleep. Um, You have to think about three things. They can be really big or they can be absolutely minuscule if you're you're struggling. But there's always got to be three things that you can find in your day. Even if you've had the worst day ever, it might just be, uh, I, you know, really enjoyed the feeling of the sunshine on my skin when I walked to the office. Or Oh, I actually I'm really I made it on time today, and you know I didn't feel stressed when I arrived at work. Whatever it is, it can be really minuscule or it can be really big. But think of three things that went well or that you feel grateful for today, just before you go to sleep, so that this is kind of your last conscious thought, where possible, and then it kind of helps to rewire the brain a little bit as you sleep. So you know, as we sleep, uh, we know that our brain is doing all this sort of work in the background and sort of creating new neural pathways and doing all this connecting and and things like that. So having that as your last conscious thought can really positively leave your brain kind of wearing over stuff at night rather than quite often when we're stressed or anxious, we think about the negative. What do we have to do next day? What am I stressed about? If you end on that positive note, you're more likely to wake up feeling more positive. And it's been proven to just give you more joy in life and to make you feel happier in life by regularly expressing gratitude and thinking about what you're grateful for so that's a really easy quick technique that doesn't take any time out of your day that I always recommend people do Um, practice it regularly it's a really good one to practice with kids as well is to sort of every day talk to your kids about what what do you feel grateful for what do you feel happy about right now Um, and to get them sort of thinking about that and talking about it Uh, because we so easily express what we're feeling negative about right Mm. but we don't spend the time talking about Mm -hmm. the positives So yeah, that would be one. Um, Another thing that is really powerful and is really hard to do, and I absolutely do not do this perfectly, um, is we are our own worst critic. Mm. We are brutal to ourselves. Um, We're always wanting ourselves to do better, to do more, to improve, to do faster, whatever it is. And we talk to ourselves in a really nasty way sometimes. So... Whenever you find yourself criticising yourself or thinking, oh, I should have done it like this, or, you know, those should or wish I could statements that we kind of tell ourselves, stop yourself. First of all, try and start noticing when you do that. And then catch yourself when you're doing it. And try and rephrase what you're saying to yourself in a way you would speak to a friend if they came to you and said that. So think if your friend sat down to you and said, oh, I'm so annoyed because I... I don't know I'm trying to think of an example here like I had that I had that meeting with my boss and I didn't really express myself well enough in in the way I want to for example oh, I'm such an idiot I'm a moron I just can't believe like my boss is never gonna understand what I mean I'm, I'm such an idiot if somebody came to you and said that you'd be like hey hang on you're not an idiot mm-hmm. you just struggle to get what you wanted to say out in that moment you know there'll be another opportunity maybe we can sit and prepare a little bit but come on don't be so hard on yourself you'd be you'd be almost a bit shocked that someone was talking to themselves like that yeah so when you're talking to yourself like that
0: we're super judgy
1: yeah (laughs) talk to you yourself like you would talk to a friend because we're so much nicer to other people than we are to ourselves Mm -hmm. so that's another tip that is actually really hard because we're we all do it right especially people that are high achievers right and do well at work and want to do well at work is we we constantly push ourselves for more and nothing's ever good enough just take a moment catch yourself when you're doing that and say hey how would i speak to a friend or a loved one about this topic and you can usually find more of a positive in it than than just that kind of beating yourself up because actually beating yourself up whilst we think it triggers you to go on and do better it actually has more of a negative impact than we realize um, whereas if you put a positive slant of like, oh, yeah, okay, that conversation didn't go as well as it could, but what could I have said so that next time I make sure I get my message across, you're going to learn so much more from thinking about it in that positive way rather than just going, oh, I'm an idiot.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, Daily conversations with yourself, <laughs> as always, right? Yeah, so there's, it's the whole angel and devil thing, right? Yeah. One, one is saying all these mean things to yourself, which um, the, the weirdest thing is, uh, as a... For me, as a, as a guy, it happens all the time. I, I speak about this very openly as well, that many times I'm just saying things to myself that are extremely self-deprecating, mm. right? And But when times are difficult, those are the things that fuel me that, that keep pushing me because mm-hmm. you know by by saying you're not you how can you be so weak right it's like ah you, you can just suck it up and just do it and you just go so it's it's a very strange thing that that internal dialogue is it can be so powerful and yet it can also be so damaging at the same time yeah you know uh, it's it's that um, but the the whole gratitude thing every day I think that's fantastic uh, to be thankful to find something to be thankful for. And and the greatest thing is, you know, when you talk to kids about this, like, uh, it, this is great. I love it because if you talk to your kid about what they're grateful for, they just go like pizza and ice cream, you know, <laughs> McDonald's and French fries or something. How much
1: joy do they get out of just the little things? Right? Yeah,
0: correct. And that's the thing. So I love that whole idea that we should live our lives backwards, right? Uh, that uh, when you when you're young, you have the wisdom of someone who's that old. So you know how you're going to plan your life. You know what's the end of it. When you when you reach your middle age, you're there working as you do, right? Doing what you need to do. But because you've already got a plan ahead, it's so fantastic. You know exactly what you're supposed to do and you've got the knowledge and the ethic to do it. The last one, when you're at closer to the tail end of your life, you're playful and joyful like a child. Mm-hmm. So that was the beauty and the wisdom in, in that thinking about being intentional and, and being present and enjoying uh, the thing the little things along the way.
1: Yeah, one of the things in one of my meditations that I really enjoy doing is children explore the world in such a different way to us. So even as simple as touch, right? Mm-hmm. We we don't we lose that sort of focus on exploring the world by touching it at some point as adults mm. and we don't go around sort of, you know, touching all the surfaces and stuff. But actually, sometimes if you just take a minute And you do do that and you explore the world through that sense of touch, whether it's your hands or your feet on the ground and and your body and how it feels. And we re-engage with that part of our brain. It's a really great way to explore the world. So I, I do it on one of the walks where we're walking through the jungle and it's just touching some of the leaves and the trees and just exploring that world and seeing how different textures feel different and seeing if anything surprises us. It's really enjoyable and it makes you I don't know appreciate stuff in a way that we don't give ourselves time to in our sort of busy adult worlds and it is about that it's like reconnecting with the way we explore the world as children Mm -hmm. that has has kind of wonder and beauty in it
0: right right uh uh, disclaimer we're not endorsing going around to the park and touching people either randomly (laughs) please don't do that touch the leaves touch the floor whatever just don't like start randomly touching people all right yeah, so, sure sure
1: yeah. but i'm so glad you clarified this.
0: just <laughs> but just gotta put it out there you know it's like you know pe- people who listen are like-minded like myself and that means they're a little twisted as well so <laughs> you gotta you know you, you got the light and you got the dark you gotta see both sides okay it's, fair, it's very it's fair dangerous dangerous things well <laughs> i mean this it's been a great chat now uh, at the end of every podcast right we always do a quick deep dive uh, with our guests with a Quick ten question rapid fire. All right. So this ten question, uh, this basically this ten questions are there. Uh, So are you ready, Rebecca? Kinda. Okay. (laughs) Then then let's go. Let's go with the epic questionnaire. Uh, Question number one: uh, The word you love the most.
1: Oh, um, innovate.
0: And one word that you really dislike.
1: Oh, this is just such a cliche. But everyone always says moist. It's a horrible word. Moist. Yeah why what it's just it's just no nice word it just feels weird
0: okay no. okay uh, conversation for a different day
1: maybe, maybe it's not such a cliche then
0: <laughs> yeah if you have a conversation uh, question three if you could have a conversation with someone dead or alive uh, fictional or non-fictional who would that be
1: um I love Stephen Fry mm. I love his voice it's yes. the most soothing relaxing voice in the world
0: um, makes you feel smarter every time you just yeah listen to him, and right? he's such
1: an intelligent man yes. and from a mental health perspective right you know oh, yes. he's bipolar and he has so much to share about his experience and and yeah I think he'd be a fascinating person to have at a dinner party
0: uh, absolutely but i I wouldn't be able to keep up I think. I'd just be sitting there listening all the time. Just in awe, like... Absolutely. I mean, the the time he talks about rhubarb and cleaning his thing on QI, I'm like, what? Yeah, I love him. Yeah, so I think it'd be him. The best, the best. Absolutely the best. I love that. And uh, what do you say to yourself uh, in the mirror every morning?
1: Oh, going back to the kind of negative self-talk, it's probably more on the negative side. Wake up, dummy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I struggle to wake up in the morning, so it probably is that. Um, I'd like to say to myself you've got this Mm, um but i probably don't i'm probably naturally kind of like oh come on hurry up get on with it move on um so yeah there we go
0: name one superpower that you'd like to have flying it's so common why
1: just because it'd be so much faster to get everywhere that is either that or teleporting Mm. um just being able to cut out the faff of travel i'm a very kind of like I want to be moving on to the next thing, like go, 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 next thing. So travel to me is just a waste of time. Um, so, but then at least with flying, okay, you still have to travel, but it's quicker, and I can, I can imagine there'd be more joy in it. I feel like teleporting. There's not any joy to come from that. Yeah, it's, it's true. Just kind of just too quick and
0: because you don't get to see stuff along the way too. Yeah, right?
1: exactly. So I think flying would still give me that. It's just I can imagine it'd be really fun, right? Mm-hmm. Like whizzing through the sky, it'd be true. great. Okay.
0: Favorite dish to eat
1: so this isn't a dish um but my favorite food in the world is sweet corn oh i'm obsessed with it i have it with almost every meal um and i don't know if you are into tiktok at all or um, it's on instagram as well there's a, a little song at the moment from this kid that was interviewed at some sort of fair and he's talking about corn and how it's the best thing in the world um it's there's a funny little kind of song that loads of people are making tiktoks to at the moment about corn and how great it is and it like that kid is my spirit animal oh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man i'm so I'll not it on you tiktok after. I'll but show anyway you the video. it's okay it's okay uh favorite travel spot or uh, actually where's the next
1: place you want to go to that is a good question so i'm british if you can't tell from my accent um lived here in singapore for two years so tra- favorite travel spot has to just be s- southeast asia in general there's a reason why i came and mm-hmm. lived here um where do I want to go I went to Vietnam when I was sort of 18 19 I'm really looking forward to going back and exploring it again Mm. a bit older um same with Cambodia actually and just kind of yeah exploring those areas um I planned a trip for my dad's 70th birthday which was last year Mm. which they're going to do this year so I'm hoping to kind of tag along for some of that and you know explore a little bit more of Vietnam again through slightly older eyes
0: Oh, that sounds lovely. Vietnam's a big place. Uh, yeah. A lot of places to go visit. Yeah. So that'll be really cool. And uh, something in the arts that you've always wanted to do, but you have yet to do.
1: Um, so I've done quite, uh, quite a lot in the arts. So I used to direct and produce shows, uh, like theatre shows, probably to write my own show and put it on. So I have written some stuff, but when I was much, much younger, and I did put it on, I did mm-hmm. show it. Um, but it, yeah, I'd like to sort of properly write and and produce a show.
0: Mm. Schizophrenia, a one-man show. <laughs> <Okay>. So... <laughs> so um, what does retirement look like to you?
1: Uh, Travelling with my family so hopefully we'll have kids someday um and being able to travel and explore the world with my husband and my kids and my dog mm. um yeah i think okay be
0: and last question uh of uh, the questionnaire is how do you want to be remembered what's your legacy
1: oh god these are questions i should uh tough questions i should have prepared a bit more for them what do I want my legacy to be Um, I want to say it sounds a bit boring but that she was kind kind but impactful does that make sense like that I was kind to people around me that was you know a nice person to be around but I also implemented some sort of change through that kindness rather than I think, I think that's what I want.
0: Okay. Well, that marks the, uh, you know, the end of the questionnaire. Thank you so Sorry, much. Sorry, I wasn't
1: very quick on the no, quick no, fire no, questions. it's
0: fine. It's fine. Look, it's a podcast. It's not meant to be quick. Like, <laughs> if you're looking for a quick thing, seriously, go You're on TikTok. Okay? That's yeah, there we it. go. <laughs> but if you're listening to this, I thank you uh, for listening all the way to the end or watching this if, it's, if it does make it a YouTube, that is. It really depends. Uh, but, you know, it's been great doing this face-to-face. The energy is so much better. I get to, be close to people again. <laughs> the weirdest thing of doing a podcast uh, uh, remotely, it's just, you can't, it's so difficult to connect.
1: Yeah, I bet. Because there's so much communication done through non-verbal communication, sort of facial expression, body language. And I'm a very, for those that are listening won't realize this, but um, I'm a very expressive person with my hands. So if anyone on the video, they'll, they'll probably notice that I wave my hands around a lot. Um, but that kind of adds to that energy and that sort of vibe in the room and, and yeah, makes it a lot more fun.
0: Well, definitely, definitely. So that marks the end of the epic podcast. So do catch us again on the next one. But uh, if you want, please check out Avexia Collective. And uh, where can they find all of this, by the way?
1: Uh, so our website is www.avexiagym.com. We are changing it to avexiacollective.com. Mm-hmm. So if you can't find it on gym.com, then uh, check out avexiacollective.com. Um, otherwise, LinkedIn, there's Avexia Collective there. Instagram, Um
0: Yep, and I'll also be dropping the uh, LinkedIn bio uh, into uh, the video description as well. Perfect. So you can uh, connect with Rebecca if you are keen to find out a little bit more and be part of the overall focus group testing and just development of uh, this wonderful mental fitness gym that's uh, that's going to help you out. Okay, with that, uh, we'll see you next time on the Epic Podcast. Bye, everyone. Bye. Oh, that was great. Thank you. That was so that was much really fun. fun. That was so much fun.